Welcome to episode 67 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto guys, so welcome along to episode 67 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oles. Here you go, mate. Very good. Back in the studio. Back in the studio of Iron Man Talk. So I've kept it warm for you today. Are you happy with that? Yeah. It's a bit cold and crushing. So I was actually just listening to the last week's show, listening to that interview with... Nico. Uh, Nico. Yeah. I sound like flipping Darth Vader on the other end. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to get my normal voice back. Get the normal voice back anyway. In this week's show, we've got uh, results and news coming up. We've got Hot Topic of the Week, where we talked about what races you would like to do around the world outside of triathlon. We also have, wait a second, you've got your thing up here, um, Age Group of the Week, Website of the Week, and then instead of having Coach's Corner, we have... Monsieur Scott Molina. Monsieur. And uh, we basically, what are we focusing on? We talked to Scott last week before he we went off to France, just really about Hawaii, a few little training tips and a few race day tips. We do appreciate Hawaii's a long time away, but we wanted to try to get a few pills of wisdom out of Scott uh, in terms of in starting preparation. It's, I think it's around about 14 weeks out now, so people will be starting their training. I literally got off the plane and John picked me up and we went and did the interview. Doing it for the family. Doing it for the Iron Man Talk family. That's right, we're family here. We are. Anyway, um, so we had a race on the weekend and the news in Iron Man Austria. So it sounded like a pretty uh, toasty day over there, and Marino Van Honecker showed everybody how to do a good race. Um, Outstanding race by him. Ended up doing uh, 8.06. So what's what's all this about? Why are races so blooming fast at the moment? Well, you know, I mean, you look at him. He he was a long way in front. He was he was thirteen minutes in front. A big part of I it suppose. is the roads are so smooth over there, which is probably what you found in, in yeah, the road. Yeah. Austria is still fairly fairly undulating, fairly heavily undulating, and uh, but yet with those smooth roads, you can go so much quicker, and it doesn't take quite as much out of you for the runs. Mm. So, yeah, man, it's pretty fast, and he sounded like he was hurting a bit on the run. Um, when he got off the bike, he was going to go for, he was going to go for sub eight hours. He thought he could do oh, it. Oh, really? Um, so I think he only ran about a two fifty three or something. Uh, so so he was really going for it. But I think along with the guy you interviewed last week, um, Nico, yep. Marino is one of the guys that you've got to really look out for. How did somebody finish in front of him? No. <laughs> that must be a, a typo. There we go. Uh, so I think you know those. What is it a typo? No, no, Marino one. Okay. Those two are two of the guys I think you've really got to look out for for um, stepping it up and uh, and performing at Kona. Yeah. Um, you know, the likes of Macker and, and Stadler and stuff, they're coming towards the end of their careers. They're not there yet, but I think this is the next wave coming well, through. Well, Nico was 30, wasn't he? So another three years behind him. Yeah. He's already top five in yeah. Kona, so it's... So uh, Marino just splits the bike. He rode 421. You're doing the names today, mate. 48 <laughs> minutes swim and a 2.53, finishing 8.06.39. Norbert Lambertner. Lambertner. We'll go for second. Uh, 48 swim, 434. So Marino put 13 minutes into him on the bike, and then he ran it for 2.53. And the guy that had a really strong run there was Max Longry. Came home with a 2.43 to take third in 8 hours 20. Really interesting one was uh, fourth place, so it was Kai Huntemark, who used to ride for Team Telecom. 
Um, but Marino still outrode him by two minutes. He did a road of 4.23. But nice to see him back racing. He ran a 3.02 marathon to hang on for fourth place. But he's Which was his first Ironman, wasn't it? No, no, no. He's raced several before. Oh, he? Okay. Uh, he, he was actually down here in New Zealand and he blew to pieces. Um, but he, he, when he first came into the sport, he had a bit of a spectacular rise and then he's gone on the wayside a little bit yeah. but great to see him uh, him back in some pretty good form and he adds another element to the to the race mm. below that's not many other people is he really oh, Alex Torbert I think won it last year on his day he's really solid but struggled a bit on the run there with only a 307 and uh, Stefan Liebertra was only in 11th place so I wonder what's happening with him he only ran a 314 uh, he's been an Ironman winner so yeah pretty pretty decent field there on the girls side of things old Edith Niederfringer Edith now she came 16th overall. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. A time of 9.08, um, run time of 3.07, so pretty decent all-round race, isn't it? 50 mm. for the swim and 5.06 for the bike. Yeah, um, so it's a good solid win, but she only won by, what's that, about less than a minute. 40 seconds yeah. or so from Veronica Honik? Honky? Hokey? Hokey dokey. And she, ran, she rode a sub five hours but couldn't quite hang on on the uh, the ride. And Rebecca Piston backing up, she raced Ironman Switzerland, which was only maybe well, three so, weeks ago. So on Ironman.com, um, and what do they call it? The race coverage. Um, they were talking about Brett Sutton was at the race talking about her, and this was just meant to be a training day. Training they day. basically, Switzerland was the goal, yeah. and she was just saying that that was a training day, and she was just really yeah. happy to get a third place. So. 9.15, very impressive. Yeah. Hillary looks like she's back on a bit of form there with yeah. uh, a 9.39, but probably the, the big surprise was uh, Desiree Flicker um, yeah. blowing up on the run. Not Flicker. Not Flicker. <laughs> Wouldn't want to do that. The naked lady from Inside Triathlon. <laughs> Got that magazine the other day, actually. Yeah, Rob Ritchie gave it to me. Oh, nice. Good old Rob. You didn't bring it around for me, mate. Sorry? You didn't bring it around for me. You've seen the cover. That's all you need to see. <laughs> um, but really interesting to see her. She was obviously right up in contention. She rode a 4.58 along with 53-minute swim, so she's probably first off the bike, I would imagine, and then uh, blew up on the run and only managed a 3.43. So she hasn't really done much this season since Hawaii, so I know she has been a bit sick and injured on, on the occasions. But uh, She did have a good marathon run, remember? She yeah, did like yeah. a 2.40 something. Yeah, but, but I think since then, yeah. not a lot of happening. So. by the wayside. Well done to everybody. Uh, we saw Toby Radcliffe, Epic Camper's yeah. name there in the results. I think he finished in about 9.16, uh, so solid effort. Hopefully qualified for Kona, perhaps. And a new race. New it's race. A new race. It's a half Ironman. Not an Ironman. It's an Ironman. So how does that work, Jumbo? It's a race in Ireland, so it's I-R-E-M-A-N. That's sensational, isn't so it? I like it's taken the initiative. It's, it's clever. New half Ironman on the scene, and uh, there was held last weekend. Sounds like a pretty challenging day at the office. And uh, we're just pulling up the results here. One of our regular listeners, Jack Lynch, pulled off a top 10. Oh, and, nice. And uh, finished in 10th place. Here we go. Here we go. You keep talking while I do this. So it's, the race is held in Ireland, and the winner was... Was... Da, 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 killing time. Here we Building go. it up. The Ironman champion was Fernando Fuentes from Bell Park. That doesn't sound like a very Irish name to me. No. And he swam a 25.58. He biked a 2.38. Oh, so it's a pretty hard course. And only ran a 1.27. So finished in 4.33. Win by one minute from Matthew, Matthew Wilson. Wilson. And then Phil Wood was in third place. All pretty close there. Only a yeah. couple of minutes covering them. Apparently there's one guy who bolted off the front on the bike and then he blew to smithereens on the run. Uh, but I can't see him there. Yeah, nice. Anyway, nice work to you guys. And the funny Jack. thing is, is that the Ironman is a half. Yes. So that's a real trick, isn't it? It is. Loving that. 
Anyway, um, okay, and we also had the World Champion, oh no, the ITU Long Distance World Championships. It's coming up this weekend. Okay. If you click on the start list. Uh, so it's being held in France. We talked about it briefly last week. Uh, I've got real concerns that it's going to become a complete draft fest. The distances, 3K swim, 80km bike, uh, 20km run, so double ITU distance. So we've got the woman up first. So the girls' race, I think, is going to be dominated by Leander Cave. Short course girl, she's won a few of the 101 races. Um, Bella Comerford she is won it last year, didn't she? defending champion, yep. so expect her to do expect her to do well. Um, dark horse there, I don't think she'll win it, but uh, could, could do quite well because she's a very good swimmer and a good runner, is Gina Ferguson from New Zealand. Uh, and then we've got Catriona uh, uh, Morrison from... Scott, from Scotland. <laughs> from Scotland, that's better, right. Better get that one Don't right. Don't get that one wrong, I? mate. They get angry at us when we get that one wrong. Okay, and on the guy's side of things, whoa, it's a big quite field with Stephen Bayless. And it's quite a solid field. Well, um, what? That's a huge field, isn't it? Yeah, so you've got um, Paul Amy, I think will be definitely a dark horse. He won the World Duathlon Champs this year. You've got Victor Zemensev, uh, should really be pretty impressive. Jonas Colton has got the number one ranking. Uh, I don't think he'll take it out. He hasn't shown a lot of form this year. Ronaldo Colucci uh, has done well on the ITU. He also finished very, very well in uh, Brazil. Uh, and then defending champion is Thorborn Cinderbal. So How's he doing it? Yeah, and Xavier Lafloc. It's a great field. Olivier Marceau. So why is it drawing these guys? Well, it's a world championships. So, so it does actually have some credibility. He's got a bit of credibility there. But none of the other races do, do they? The long course ones. The European kind of does all right, but then... Yeah, you, and it may also be that a lot of these guys will get some funding because the, the ITU oh, is associated mm-hmm. with your national body, so uh, it probably does represent there. But it's a great field, but I just think it's going to be carnage, so, so I'll be picking one of the runners. But what, they've got like out. 50 guys racing elite. Yeah. That's huge. So I think it'll probably be Zemensev or Paul Amy probably take it um, purely because I think it's going to come down to a running race. But you never know. A couple of the guys could really get together on the bike and, uh, and blitz it. I think I might have seen Simon Thompson's name there as well. And if that was the case, he could be a real dark horse as well. He's a fantastic ITU athlete. So on X try uh, checking out some of the news. And the Ironman career, which we probably, probably call the standard chartered Ironman career now, mm-hmm. is offering up 200000 in prize money US um, but it's a little bit complicated, isn't it? It is, but it's a great opportunity for, for pro athletes to get a good pay purse. I think the race is held around about a uh, similar time. It's to, August, about 26th of yeah, August. Yeah, just before Kona. But the deal is, same sort of prize money for top 10 overall. So yep. 8500 US for first, dropping down to 5000 for 10th. 500 500 would be great if you got 5,000 <laughs> and I got 10. Um, then there's bonus prize money on top of that. So they've broken down regions here. So there's five different regions. Poor old Kiwis and Aussies get a bit shafted here because it gets uh, Europe and Oceania are grouped oh, together. Really? So, so Germans, Switzerland, England, Australia and New Zealand. So we get a bit shafted there. There's Germans. Yeah. <laughs> but again, the, then the first place there is 5,000, then 3,000, then 2,000. So oh, I guess if, per you, continent. if you won overall, you'd obviously win your region as well. So you get 5,000 plus 8,500, so yep. 13,500. So that's that's not not too bad, and then there's more bonus money for um, sort of the Korean race as well for the Korean champions as well. So it's fantastic. I can't remember who I was talking to about uh, the race, who went and did the race, 
Uh, but Standard Chartered were happy to put in a lot of money, and they said, why can't we just get the pro field over here? And it's a simple case. If they put this money up, I can guarantee some really good pros will turn up. It's a pity they've left it so late. It is. So you know what, you've got a month, you've got six weeks, and most guys have already set out the season. Yeah. And, you know, most guys are focused on timing of the race isn't even going to help them as well, being so close to Kona. But it's just a pity that, because uh, this is great, isn't it? It's taking the initiative. It's kind of showing some different ways. Because it's going to attract people who may be second-tier pros because they think, well, if I get a top five in my region, exactly. you know, there's like a $8,000 day. And so... Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a great idea, and, and hopefully they'll keep it rolling for next year, and I think it'll be a real success. Yeah, de- definitely, if they can maintain it, eh? Especially for the, the Asian athletes who will be banking on that sort of regional money, so I think it's fantastic. Well, that's interesting. If they're going to pull out 200000 and they're trying to pull out a bigger um, bigger kind of field, why don't you just go for the big money for the winner? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you are trying to get a Sadler, a Mako, or a few of those guys along, yeah. if you had a 200000 prize purse... But maybe they want a bit of depth there. Yeah, true. It's sort of sort interesting. Of it's just inter-country yeah. rivalries and things like that. Yeah. Okay, so Ironman Germany doing blood testing mandatory for all pro athletes. Yeah, it's like I got an email. Olaf is back on the case yep. uh, with triathlonprofessionals.org. So yep. uh, he's on the case there. And, yeah, apparently next year it's going to be fantastic. We're going to have blood testing for, for Germany. And, uh, and it's, you know... Great, they just take the, the Germans, especially, are taking big steps. Germans and the Swiss really trying to stand so, out. And it's all pro, it's not just the German athletes. Yeah, so we're looking forward to seeing some more progress. Which, there. as you were saying the other day, the cost of blood testing oh, is huge, huge, isn't it? Huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really it's also quite stuff. a hassle for the athletes. Like in wrote after the race, uh, a few of the guys who had to go do blood testing. And you've got to wait around for like two or three hours. Well, you've got to, you've got to pee, you know. Yeah. Some, sometimes after I've raced, it's been a long time yeah. before I've peed. Yeah, definitely. So, so maybe you shouldn't pee on your bike. Um, then we've also got a little bit of news on the Ironman Talk jerseys. So some people will be receiving them. We've already had some pictures in. Yeah, we're going to put the pictures them. on the website. There's one from Murray and there's one from Sean the Porno. So I sent them out uh, last sort of around about last Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so that what date would that have been? Probably about the... Fourth or yeah, fifth, something fourth, like yep. that. Uh, so expect that to take around about seven to ten days to, to arrive. What was really cool when I was packaging them up is seeing all the places they were going to. Man, they were going everywhere. Yeah, we had Norway, Germany, America, the UK, Ireland. Dubai, Singapore, yeah. they were going everywhere. So it's great to see that we've so got it's a global audience, isn't it? All over the place. Oh, we love you guys. It's just a happy moment. So. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the photo of Murray on the website. Oh, I got yeah. one from my mate Shawno, but Murray was sensational because uh, it was snow, didn't it, in Christchurch? Yeah, it, it, it's a picture of him up in the snow with gloves on, and he's got like six layers on, and his Iron Man talk jersey over the top exactly. of it. It made my day. I was laughing, and that's leading on nicely to our next topic. Oh, yeah. So we are. Uh, we Bevan, Bevan popped around the other day, and we're having a bit of a chat about. Um, a do, you product. Do, that? do you want to do that? Oh yes, that's right. Back it now, up. Back it up. <laughs> We've got a little thing happening here. It's a bit like um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> the Chocolate Factory. Did you like the movie? I, I love the movie. Love but the you movie. know how you, everybody went and bought chocolate bars and inside I've one, the one chocolate ticket. bar is a golden ticket. Now, somebody is going to have a little... It's not a golden ticket. It's actually a slight error on... Our behalf. Our behalf. Not on our behalf, actually. It was more the manufacturer's yeah. behalf. We won't take the responsibility. Once Belinda had packaged up all the jerseys, um, we found that we had... Uh, one we, XL. We were missing, a, a missing an XL, and we had an extra. We were missing an XL, and we had one large left yep. over. Yep. And so what's happened is uh, on the jerseys there's a label, which is your standard label that's sewn in, and there's also like a swing tag. And what the guy, the manufacturers, do when they go through, they tick go through the swing tag, and they tick whether it's a large, a small, yep. medium. Basically, whatever. they got it wrong. They got it wrong. And so somebody is going to have a jersey arrive. They're supposed to have got a large, and the 
tick on the swing tag will say large, but if they actually look at the label, Excel. it's an Excel. And if that's you, you need to send it back in to us if the jersey doesn't fit. If it fits, go with it. If it fits, go with it. If it doesn't, send it back in, and we're going to have some special prizes for you. We'll obviously get the right size jersey out to you, um, but we'll also have some special prizes in store. And we'll deliver big time on the prizes. Exactly. And also we'll pay for the shipping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So just let us know the cost of shipping, and we'll repay that to you. But anyway, so we were around at John's the other day, and two genius minds got together. And what happens when two genius minds get together, Jombo? We come up with a Magic. competition. Magic. And so uh, we basically, we got a, we had those Oakley glasses, and when Roland sent them through to us, we got three pairs, and John and I are looking pretty flash right now with our Oakley transitions on, but we had a spare pair, and we were thinking, what can we do with them? And we thought, let's do a competition. Yes. And uh, and so what we thought we could do is, as a way to help you guys to help us, is we're going to get you guys to create an Iron Man talk, kind of like an ad, because hmm. um, we're saying, why don't we do an ad on YouTube for the show? And we're like, well, we're really, we're really not that funny. And so, <laughs> and, so, and so we thought, how about you guys design an ad? It can be anywhere from 30 seconds through to a few minutes, whatever, um, and put it on YouTube. And then you have to put it onto Athlinks, because on Athlinks, you can u- link your YouTube videos onto your Athlinks profile. Now, if you do that, then we're going to judge, which we feel, or maybe we can have a vote on Athlinks. Maybe we can put up three finalists. Or, yeah. or, or, or yeah, if we can vote on Athlinks, we'll do that. Yeah. And, uh, and then you'll win a free pair of Oakley Transition glasses, which must be worth oh, about three or 400 bucks. Yep. Yep, yep, really nice glasses. And, uh, and so we want to see the comedy. Yep, it's and, got to be promoting Iron Man Talk. Yep, so at the very end of the video, um, or of the little ad, um, you just have to have a little bit of text saying, go to ironmantalk.com. Um, or, or if you've got a jersey, if you order a jersey, obviously wear your jersey, that would be fantastic. Wow, that's got to sell, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Right now. I'd actually wear my jersey to a nightclub. Yeah. Because the nice. checks are going because I'm single now, so the checks yeah. are be falling towards me. Nice. <laughs> Guaranteed. Um, so, so make a YouTube video, chuck it on YouTube, and then link it to Athlinks, and then you'll go in the draw for uh, uh, the pair of glasses. How long a month? Uh, I reckon, let's say the end of August. That's like okay, maybe six weeks, about yep. six weeks or so. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Nice. We're, we're very excited we're about excited. this. Excited. We want to see some quality work out there. We really do. So anyway, discussion of the week last week, we talked about um, just trying to be great events around the world, non-triathlon ones. And because I haven't got the page up, John, you're going to tell me yours first. So I've got a few there um, that I've listed. Uh, one is I want to do the Coast to Coast one day. And the Coast to Coast is a multi-sport race across the South Island, New Zealand, mountain running, kayaking, and road You basically go from the West Coast to the East Coast of mm. the South Island. So I'm not transfixed by it. I don't think I'll ever train up to... to win it or anything Um, not that I could anyway uh, because I can't paddle but uh, that's something I'd like to do another thing I'd like to do would be the ride across America um, and that's something I really would like to do one day that'd be bloody hard though man it's a long way it's going to be a couple of weeks of pretty much continuous riding you have to wear a jersey the whole time have to wear a jersey (laughs) we have to do a few more jersey runs And what else did I have down? I wrote down a couple of ideas. Okay, let's have a look. Length of New Zealand? Length, uh, Bevan and I one day, I'm gonna, we're going to ride the length of New Zealand yep. or do a camp Tomorrow. the length of New Zealand. Yep. And another thing that I'd quite like to do would also be a Latap, which is one of the stages of the Tour de France where there's big about five, 6,000 riders, maybe even more than that, and you basically ride one of the stages. And uh, you've got a, I've got a friend who's a pretty reasonable cyclist, and he's still, he finished like... 1500 or something really? like that so it's pretty competitive the guys at the front really go for it and, wow. uh, and some some top top cyclists so that's my few little things okay so i'd love to do coast to coast i want to do one of the big marathons so like mm-hmm. boston or um new york or london uh, just the idea of doing one of those marathons with 40,000 people seems pretty exciting mm-hmm. to me um what was the other one i was thinking of what was oh i'd love to do the tap 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be a pretty exciting race to do. Copycat, copycat, I sitting know. on top. Race in New Zealand. And, uh, <laughs> what, about the, what about right across right America? Right across America. <laughs> no, I'd also love to do, um, what's that Iron Man? Oh, no, it's an Iron Man, so I can't do it. No. Uh, I wanted to do the one that um, Bjorn. Norseman. Yeah, yeah. Norseman. But that's, that's triathlon, that's so triathlon. I'm breaking the rules. Um, but really, just one of the big marathons. I think I introduced it in the next few years, actually. But anyway, let's look at what you guys came up with. Fegan, he's saying he'd love to do the mountain marathon or multi stage event. Such marathons as Marathon... Marathon de Sable. Have you heard of it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he'd love to also do Midnight Sun Marathon in Norway. And it's better. And then we had uh, Richard. And he's going to do an ultra marathon next year, maybe 125 Ks. It's a long way. So when Gordo, Gordo was talking about that on Epic Camp... And he said, when you run that far, you have to use so much vest because your ass cheeks <laughs> basically <laughs> sandpaper by the end. Oh, so nice. I tell you what, there, mate, Richard, just get on the vest. <laughs> and uh, Rollo, uh, what's his favourite race? He wants to do a mountain bike stage race in South Africa called the Cape Epic. Um, maybe he's even done it, and he just said it was pretty fantastic. We've got somebody who's coming to Epic Camp this year. He's going to be doing that as a, a bit of a lead up race, oh, lead really? up, lead up thing. Nice. And then we had uh, Jono. He wants to do La Tap. Which is what we've already sort of talked about. Yeah. Um, going through the Pyrenees. Coast to coast. Coast to coast, nice. And a marathon. Nice. Would you like to do a 100, marath- 100 mile run? No, long distance running doesn't do a lot for me. No, no. <laughs> okay, um, Ollie would like to climb Everest. Um, they, they went to base camp two years ago and with just five months until the wedding, so yep. So he'd love to do the, the whole thing. Now, while I was on Athletes every day, one of our listeners actually has a YouTube. Did you see that? No. Oh, they have a YouTube video of then when they climbed Everest. Oh, and nice. he actually said it's just as hard as doing an Ironman. He just... Oh, bloody hell, I'd say it'd be a hell of a lot harder. Yeah, but it, it was awesome. I'll, I'll put a link on it on my Athlink site because it was really awesome. But anyway, yeah, I'd love to do Everest. Would you like to do Everest? No. There's the risk of dying. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Everest holds no fascination to me. Oh, really? Although having said that, I got uh, given a book for my birthday. Um, Mark Ingalls. Mark Ingalls. Yeah. Was it Legs? I don't know. But it's a good book, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, Uli, uh, good mate from Germany who does uh, Ironmans on water and bananas, I yep. think. Uh, Boston Marathon, La Mamotte, which is a cyclist sportif going up the Glibier in Alpe d'Huez. That'd be pretty classic. And one that I can't pronounce is a cyclist sportif in Austria where you do 240 kilometres going over four coals. Sounds pretty awesome. Nice. And a tour to Flanders. Nice. Nice. Uh, Kat, she's come up with the Kepler Challenge, which is a mountain run in uh, Fjordan National Park in the South Island of New Zealand. Yeah, Yeah, she's got 60 k's. I think it's 67 k's, but the first 35. It's just madness, isn't it? Yeah. You're basically climbing up gravel, and but it's not the, the climbing up. It's not some madness. It's coming down. That's bloody ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And then you run, you get out of it. and You still got 35k to go. She's got the goat, which is a 21k mountain run, uh, and then she's also got Transalp, which is an eight-stage mountain bike race from Germany to Italy, some 600k's and a total of 2,100 meters, 21,000 meters of climbing through the Alps. Whoa, nice. nice. Chance Boston Marathon. Nice, nice. Uh, then we've got uh, T-Rex, and he's saying he'd love to do Coast to Coast. He's actually just moved over to New Zealand from uh, the UK, so he yep. stayed on after Ironman New Zealand, so he's obviously learned about that race. And then he's got an ultra 96-mile ultra through stunning Scottish scenery, which is called the West Highland Way Race. Lachlomond. So. Nice. And then uh, Alicia. It's a long-distance race in Pennsylvania, USA, every early fall called Iron Cross. We've got a website on there. It's 
bikeridge.com slash 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 a few other things yeah, if you're keen to check yeah. that out get onto the blog I'd love to take a cycle across a race racing to do a marathon in a crazy location like Everest or some other mountainous region I just got a longboard skateboard which provides great cross training fun not sure if they have any competitions for that keep it up and that was Scott so nice. nice it was interesting to see the different kind of races that people want to do hmm. um, I think for me for different kind of races I want to do either something that's an amazingly challenging race or where there's just so many participants and spectators right yeah. you know like, yeah. like a Boston or that's yeah. why the Nooseman kind of appealed to me um, so anyway you came up with the idea for this week's discussion and this yeah the reason for this week's discussion is a little bit about Kai Huntemark yeah. who raced in Ironman Austria this weekend and also relates a little bit to Nina Kraft so uh, Kai Huntemark hasn't been busted for drugs or anything but he was involved in Team Telecom who have definitely got a pretty uh They like their drugs. Yeah, well they, they, obviously everything that's come <laughs> out of the la- everything that's come out over the last few weeks has been pretty bad and uh and he was If you need some drugs go to Team Telecom. Right, he was riding not anymore. They're crystal clean now which is nice. Sure. Um <laughs> no. And anyway, he was riding in the same sort of era when uh, the guys that have been implicated in all the drugs and who have admitted taking drugs yep. were, were around so he is was was not allowed to start in Ironman Germany. He had a bit of a falling out with the race organizer there, and I believe Nina Kraft probably wouldn't be allowed to start. And the reason is because they've been either been they've taken drugs and been busted, or they've been associated with. Other so once you once you're guilty, you're guilty forever. Yeah, by the race organizer. That's, re- that's really my question: is should we penalise people in this way? You know, if they have been busted for drugs, yep. um, should they be allowed to have a second chance and carry on racing, or should it be basically one strike and you're out? And should a race organiser be able to have the power to say yes or no? Mm. Or should it be a rule across it's the Human whole? rights issues here, Devin. Oh, mate, we're going deep this week. <laughs> oh, we're pretty deep, aren't we? Yeah, what's oh, beeping? What's beeping it's in my here? watch. It's okay. my alarm. It's from America. Um, okay, so that's our discussion of the week, and it's also our news of the week. Let's do it again. Ready? Age Grouper of the Week. So, you ch- you chose it this week, didn't you? I've chosen it this week. Do you want to try to pronounce it? Okay. Him, first name? It. <laughs> <laughs> first name? You go first name. Oh, no, I know how to pronounce it. Oh, is it Jake? No. Jake? No. You try, try the same okay. name. Uh, now, Askoski. Okay. It's Yasik. Yasik? Nowalski. No, it's got it all right. I, I, no, that's not yeah, bad. I'm pretty happy with that. Yasik uh, is age group of the week for a number of reasons. There's he, a number. A number of reasons. Good. He finished uh, his first Ironman at the weekend. He That's number one. Number one. He did Ironman Austria. Nice. He had a really well-balanced race, uh, swam a 101, biked a 5.54, and ran a 3.49. That is a, real consistent across, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was Number great. two. And he moved, yeah, but he moved through the field. He uh, 807th out of the swim. Yep, let's go down. And then... You keep talking, 807th. Oh, no. I had a good swim. Three, four, nine out of the swim. Yep. Eight oh seven off the bike, and then moved back up to four hundred seventy six off the bike uh, at the end. Yep. Fantastic result. First Ironman, ten forty three. Number three. That's number three reason. Number number three reason yep. is uh, he trains in a pretty. He trains in Warsaw in Poland. Yep. It's flat. It's really not very conducive for training whatsoever. 
So that's number three. Okay, number three, nice. Yeah. Let's do number four. Just, mate, we've, we're going to be going. <laughs> we're going here all day. Just back it up. Uh, probably the main reason that I wanted to nominate Jacek is he firstly had a really good race, but he also supports a lot of athletes in Poland, which is which is fantastic. There's there's a very limited support for Polish athletes. There's no there's no coaches or anything. It's yeah. how I got involved over there. Um, and he's got an engineering business, so he's a company owner, very busy man, but he still has the time and and puts. Bit of an Albert, really, isn't he? Yeah, puts yeah. money from his business into helping other guys uh, racing. So he had a team of. Maybe we should call that the three Albert. Or four, the, Al- yeah, the Albert. <laughs> the working he's, he's helping out, helping out athletes. Yeah. Uh, Giving so back to the sport. It's fantastic, and he's very parochial about his support for them, and uh, he's doing a really good job. And from what I can tell, the really elite guys in Poland, he's really behind them, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's pushing them along, and he's also you know he's, he likes to get involved in the um, the Polish Union and things like that, and, and just wants to see the sport really grow in Poland, which is just fantastic. So, and it's guys like these who do actually make a difference, you know, like yeah. <clears throat> you know, obviously he's chosen to do Ironman as a sport, but he's really got behind it and seeing other ways he can support the sport. And, you know, in Poland, you know, guys like those are going to make a big difference. Because eventually one of those guys is going to come through. It's going to give great exposure yep. to the sport, and yep. you know, like, like, and all those young guys who are coming up and up and coming, they need the extra help, don't they? So, mm. so well done to Yasik on finishing his first Ironman. And Yasik, you are our age, age group, group of the week. week. Website of the week. I was just waiting for John to finish yawning. Just, just yawning. I'm boring you, mate. It's been a tough day. What have you been doing? Oh, I've been, been slaving, been riding, <laughs> had a little slaving. ride. What else do you do? Looking after Thomas, uh-huh. doing a bit of work. He's peed on you six again? o'clock. He hasn't peed on me, I tell you what. He pooed in the bath the other day. That oh, was pretty entertaining. Oh, no, this is wrong. So did you have to scoop it out or just let no, it go down? it was a good toothpaste <laughs> one. It kept its, kept, kept its consistency. So did you pick it out or did you let it go down? No, no, we, we, uh, we poured it down the drain. Nice. That's uh, probably too much information. But anyway, this week's website was sent through. Was it sent through? Yes. By uh, Newman Company. What's all that uh, about? Who was it? Tom. 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 Tom Newman. Tom. Tom Newman. Tom Newman. Loves the podcast. Thought he might like to know about a kid's thing that he's starting up. Yeah, so it's not specifically Ironman related, but we wanted to support this race. It's uh, newmantriathlon.com, and Tom set up a little, basically a kids triathlon, and you can go onto the site, newmantriathlon.com, download the brochure. The race is being held in sort of the New York area in the States. Cool. So we just thought we want to support uh, good things like this and getting kids active and yep. getting them involved in the sport. We don't re- I don't really have a policy in terms of pushing kids into the sport at a really young age, but I just no. think it's great to get them in there and involved, like you get your daughter sort of... Yeah, she did the kids' triathlon. Kids' triathlon. And she's... it's great, because they yeah. love it, you know, and uh, often these events are run really well. Um, my daughter got a t-shirt, she got a medal, like she, get, she got a lot more than what a lot of triathlons have, mm. and it was maybe $30 to enter them in, you know, mm. and it's uh, it was a great event. Yeah, you know? so I mean, she's, she's not... Which well, might be a triathlete later on. Yeah, it's just to dance. gets that little seed of uh, interest there, and, and uh, you know, it gives the child a sense of achievement. Um, you know, she's not a she didn't like running. My daughter doesn't like running, and so you know, the fact she had to run, and you know, she didn't stop. That was her goal, and you could tell. Yeah. You know, it was a good struggle for her. And at the end, all the family was there, and good. it was you know, like they were, it's an experience she'll remember for the rest of her life. And it's <laughs> like those little events are great. I think. So if you are in the New York area, check out newmantriathlon.com, and uh, you can get your kid along there. And, uh, and the other thing you're going to do as well. Yeah, well, one thing, we actually get quite a few people sending through their club triathlon sites and uh, trying to promote their club. And early on, we kind of thought, well, we probably won't do that. We've kind of done a U-turn, haven't we, John? Done a U-turn. Because we're liberal and we, we open our minds up. So... Um, 
we're basically thinking we're going to choose one club website per week. So if you have a triathlon club within your area, so for us it's the Christchurch Triathlon Club. Or Can- Canterbury. Canterbury Triathlon yep, Club. Canterbury, get it right, Which Bevan's not a member of. Yeah, I'm not a member of. That's because I'm cheap. <laughs> um, but it's the Canterbury Triathlon Club. So, for example, if you want to send through your club and their website and maybe even a few members' names, we're going to add that to the website of the week. So we'll have our normal website of the week, and each week we're just going to highlight one triathlon club. The reason we think this is a good idea is that there'll be some people who are in areas who maybe not know their triathlon club, yep. and it's just a great way to, um, to promote triathlon clubs, and it's something that I think everyone should support. As long as you've got a good club and they've maybe you've got some good content on the side, you're actually doing things. So and uh, and people like seeing this stuff on exactly as well. So yeah, that's very good. So anyway, uh, coach's corner. Do you want to coach's corner? corner? I think we've already done an intro when we did the um, interview with Scott, so we'll sort of lead into that. But Scott's obviously a legend in the sport, winner of high man. Had some Hawaii. good insight in this interview, didn't he? Yeah. So different things to think of. Initially, when we went in there, I was sort of thinking we really want to get some training tips in terms of the build up, but a lot of the tips you're probably going to end up getting uh, are actually race day tips with yep. some really valuable stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll just listen to that now. Here comes Scott. Here you go, Jim. Okay, so on the show today, as promised last week, we've got Scott Molina. Um, we've had a few people email in, you know, over the last little while uh, who have qualified for Kona, and they wanted to know if there's any specific tips uh, in terms of whether they should change their build-up for Kona at all. And so we thought, uh, while Bevan and I have been there once and we could give you our pearls of wisdom, uh, it would be better to perhaps get some, somebody who's been there many, many times and won the race in 1998. So he's a Ironman Talk regular, so welcome back to the show, Scott. Thank you very much. What's been happening in Molina World uh, lately? Uh, not a lot. You know, we were sucked in the middle of winter here, and so, uh, you know, it's a um, pretty quiet time in Old Christchurch, although today was beautiful right up on the Port Hills. Um, I know she didn't make it along yesterday with a little bit of drizzle out there. Uh, I'm a fair-weather rider now, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. I, I'd rather not be out there if it's wet. I can tell you, I was coming down Gibby's Pass, which is, a, we've got a ride here called Long Bays, which is sort of your standard sort of medium to long ride, which takes about two and a half, um, two and a half hours, two hours 45, and I was coming down Gibby's Pass, <laughs> and I could not see a thing. Oh, really? Was, I didn't mm. have my glasses on, and I uh, couldn't see anything. But anyway, it cleared up, and it was okay. You survived? I survived. Um, and Bevan's back, and Bevan and I back together. I literally got back off out of the plane about three hours ago. I'm working them hard. I'm true to the job. <laughs> but anyway, um, onto onto Kona. You know, um, when you're getting ready for Kona, obviously there's, it's a, it's quite a different race, and you see a, a lot of people completely exploding out there, which is often you know, a case of poor pace judgment. But sort of going through the race, do you see? Would you would you recommend to athletes any different preparation in terms of uh, for the swim, given it is you know obviously an open water swim with, without a wetsuit? Is there anything different that you'd recommend to your athletes? It is a little different. Uh, I think that the main uh, difference in Hawaii is that uh, you have to look at the overall competition. That everybody who's been uh, it, that is there is, has qualified. Mm-hmm. The standard is extremely high. If you look at, uh, for instance, the band of people coming out of the water between say fifty six minutes and an hour and two. You know, that's the majority of the field. Mm-hmm. And so I think the thing to get your head around in, in Kona is that you are going to be surrounded by people. You're probably oh, going to get pummeled the whole way. It's, <laughs> it's heavy traffic, you know, because the depth is so great. Everybody's good, and um, uh, it's just not so spread out. And I suppose um, nowadays it's, it's more common that people get used to that. Yeah. But, you know, there's still... There's still some some a lot of people who I think are are a bit freaked out by that, and I'm not sure that you can um, 
do a lot of preparation, uh, specific preparation. Uh, it's very hard to find crowds like that, uh, you know, of that scale to get used to it. But it's just, it's just, uh, I think, a mental um, adjustment to think, okay, we're all in here. We're probably all getting pummeled, but we're all going to make it. Mm-hmm. We're still going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, you know, it's not too bad. I'd say, you know, uh, it's the perfect temperature. It's salty, uh, you know, so you're not going to sink. You're probably not going to get dehydrated. Uh, like some swims, when you're wearing a wetsuit, it actually gets very, very hot. Um, the temperature is actually quite comfortable. Uh, you know, for for Kona, it's the, you know, by, by far the easiest part of the race. Yeah. And have you tried, um, we're, we're, we're going to be getting uh, one of the Blue 70 um sort of one-piece suits coming down to trial soon. Have you tried them, and have you noticed much of a difference in terms of either theirs or other companies' um, race suits? I haven't tried that suit yet, but I want yeah. to try it as well. I have used um, a TYR suit, yeah. um, which is seems to be the trend, is that people put their cycling gear underneath uh, one of these one-piece swimsuits so that when they come out of the water... It's a fast transition. Yeah, it's a fa- you already got your cycling clothes. You're already dressed. Mm. Um with speed, do you know? Do you They're know? fast. I, I, I've done I've done um, tests in the water with all my cycling clothes, with the, one of those suits over the top, mm. and I have to say that it's probably even faster than wearing just a speedo. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think there's something something about the the air that's trapped in all that material. Well, the 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 the, the, the new suits are fast anyway. They're they're mm. a slippery skin, but I think there's something additional in there uh, that the the little air that's trapped between the suit and you yeah uh, there's a buoyancy there that 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 people underestimate and i think if you talk to people who have used uh the new blue 70 suit yeah like norman stadler last year in hawaii is a good example (laughs) yeah they they go whoa you know they seem to swim pretty fast uh so there's something to be said for those suits what about the guys who aren't going to wear the suits um is there anything you can do to prepare yourself for that? Not having the wetsuit for a long period, or is it just the way it is? Well, you, in salt water, it's it's not that big of an issue. Your, your body position is pretty good anyway. You know, yeah. everybody floats very well in that salty water. So it's, yeah, like I say, it's not that big of a difference uh, as opposed to some people who swim spectacular yeah. in lakes mm-hmm. with wetsuits. Um, in in um, it's not like having to go into a lake yeah. uh, without a wetsuit. Okay, um, and obviously people like me have got a little bit of extra resistance there as well <laughs> during the swimming. So those meetings here would be uh, coming very handy. But and then obviously moving on to the bike, um, any specific preparations? You know, in terms of the course, it's obviously it's not not particularly hard. A bit rolling, and obviously there's a bit of climbing out towards Harvey. But I guess the key thing is the wind, and, and obviously the, the key to go is go and train in some wind. But but any other tips in terms of uh, whether you might suggest people changing their their regular strategy at all in terms of the actual training they might do for the race? Well, I think yeah, there's a couple things. Um, uh, most of the vertical gain in Hawaii is done in the first 40k. It's very hilly yeah. uh, to start the race. It's um, it's surprisingly hilly when you get your um, you know your Garmin or your your um, altimeter out there. Uh, there's nearly 2,000 feet in the first 40k, and so I suppose th- that's one of the issues that, is that people th- think of Hawaii as as a pretty flat course when mm-hmm. it, when in reality it's not flat at all. And so um, there has to be some hills. Um, in your preparation and I think nowadays with with power meters and heart rate monitors it's much more easy for people to be objective about how hard they're actually going on those hills um, 
like I said before about the quality field in, in Hawaii, um, many people who are normally well up in the in the field uh, find that they're muddled in the middle 400, 500, 600, 800 mark in, in Kona, and they're thinking, you know, oh, you know, I've got to get, I've got to get going, yeah. and and so I think there's a tendency to to attack the first part of the race, yeah. thinking, you know, I shouldn't be back here. I've got to, I've got to get up here. I want to do better in my age group, etc. When um, you know, it's probably the the worst thing that you can do, um, because of the hills um, and and uh, and the heat to come, uh, you know, to attack the the initial part of the race. When you're doing your hill training for Hawaii, are you doing specific, like you know, steep kind of hill work, like as in Port Hills, or are you looking for something that is kind of a long gradual climb, or is it a combination? Or there are there are a few very short uh, pitches that are steep, but in general it's not. Plani Road's uh, steep, and there's a little there's one other little steep hill, but most of the climbing is done uh, in the saddle, and a lot of it's actually done in the opposition yeah. uh, in that race. And so I'd say no. The type of the type of hills that you 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 want to f- find to get ready for Kona are gradual ones. You mm-hmm. know, in the in somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four or five, maybe up, up to six percent grades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just talking about the race a little bit, when you are in there, say when you're getting out towards um, Harvey, what sort of are you? Would you recommend to people? I know you've told me once before it was um, just stay down in your aero bars and just try to stay as low as possible, um, even if it's. Uh, you generally recommend that no matter, yeah, no matter what the wind's doing, you just try to stay low. Well, like I said before, with heart rate monitors and power meters, it is easier to to and your speedometer. It is easier to see uh, how much of an increase you have to put out if you're standing up or if you're sitting yeah. up um, uh, to go the same speed, even. Um, you know, uh, going up to Hawaii most of the time, even if it feels like it's a straight-on sidewind, it's generally a headwind. Mm. You know, there's a there's a degree of headwind there, and so um, the people who can stay down, stay arrow, look at their speedometer and and or the parameter, and and stay within their within their limits, um, are probably going to find that it's a faster way to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating when you when you're going you know 20k an hour, you know, yeah. and you're working your ass off, and you're thinking I'm at my limit. I'm at my, I'm, I'm 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 over my my guidelines I've already set for myself as far as power and heart rate, and and if if I don't go any harder, you know, I'm going to stop. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to come to a halt, and I think that's where where people get into trouble. They just need to relax, keep your head down, stay arrow, be patient, wait till you get to that turnaround. Yeah. Just with it, like this far out from Hawaii. Should people aim to even try to get lower in the aero position on their bike? You know, doing some back flexibility, and or is that too risky? Or well, I think we all want to try and and come to an optimal position. Because mm. um, they've probably still got enough time, maybe. Yeah, there's time. There's time to work. There's always time to work on that. Mm. Um, you know, uh, there's always going to be a a trade off between trading uh, aerodynamics for for power, and and you have to look at your speed and say, okay, what's actually getting me there faster and then you have to think okay if when i climb off my bike you know what mm. kind of shape am i going to be in am i yeah. going to you know um so for me I've, you know I've, I've always been so very very inflexible that i've i've never been able to even think about reaching for more yeah. as far as aerodynamics are concerned whereas some people probably can yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, Hawaii is it's it's a windy it's a windy route, and so if you can improve your aerodynamics, you know it's it's uh, it's one thing to look at. Mm. You know, you just gotta 
take the whole event into consideration, you know, when you climb off your bike, what kind of shape you're going to be in from being in that position. Yeah. And then obviously after the bike comes the run. And it is quite a different run in Kona. It's quite undulating, isn't it? And you've got quite a lot of uh, gentle downhills, um, you know, when you're going out towards um, the Energy Lab and things like that. And that's something I often include in, in some of the guys I coach this program is making sure that they do practice their downhill running. And I think that's something you've told me before. Is there any other sort of pearls of wisdom that people should uh, incorporate into their training for the run? Yeah, I think that that you want to keep in mind that if, if you are... If you are able to open it up a little bit, um, make use of the downhills. Um, it's the it's the part of the race where you are the coolest, your heart rate's the lowest, um, and you can move the fastest if if you're trained for it. Um, if if you're normally a a person who's very very strong on the uphills, mm-hmm. you know uh, I think you got to really be wary of that in in a race like Hawaii where the the temperature is you know going to make your your heart rate and your sweat rate just go through the roof, and so uh, you know, in in on the run, uh, yeah, you want to you want to try and make use of the downhills to the to the best of your ability. But then again, if you if you're if you're not prepared for that, that you can smash your legs uh, mm-hmm. quite quickly in a course like Hawaii, which is not flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say yeah, in general, you want to be very careful on the hills. Uh, there are some steep ones that that are so hot, you know, you get a tailwind and. Once you get hot, really hot in Hawaii, very hard to cool down. Yeah. <laughs> so you're trying to control that in the run, your heat. Yeah, you're trying to you're you're trying to work with your. If if you get so so hot that that your body is sending every ounce of blood to the surface, yep. then there's that much less um, in your gut to absorb fluids, and so you know it's one of the reasons why people get into trouble. It's not it's not because that necessarily they were. They were going really, really hard, but in in certain situations, if you're going uphill with a tailwind, mm. um, you know the, the temperature rises to such a degree that you know your body's doing everything it can to cool it, and so you just have to be be careful in those situations to to not overdo it, not get too hot. Mm. And so that kind of leads on a little bit to nutritional considerations. You know, it is a hot on the bike. It's obviously very, very hot, and. Do you recommend people sort of change what they're going to eat? You know, if, if they were, say, racing an Ironman New Zealand where they might be, might be having a combination of bars and gels and things like that, would you recommend more of a, a liquid diet over there so it's maybe a little bit easier to absorb or any tips there? Yeah, I do. I think, I mean, I'm, I, in general, I think liquids are the way to go for, for Ironman races. For people who are really going, you know, to, to go to reach for a PB or a PB place in their age group, you know, to... To get the maximum out of the out of the race, not everybody goes to an Ironman thinking, you know, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to go as fast as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are are there thinking, hey, I made it to Hawaii. I'm just going to get through this thing. I'm going to enjoy the day, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm not going to blow up. Yeah, I'm not going to fall over. I'm not going to pass out. I'm not going to the med tent. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have a great holiday. I'm going to have an okay race, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I think uh, be surprised a large. A large portion of the people who go to Kona have that attitude. I'd yeah. say maybe thirty, forty percent. Especially first timers. Yeah, and yeah, the guys yeah. that maybe qualify late in Canada and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. lots, lots of reasons why you yeah. w- you would think, hey, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not going to fail. Yeah, I'm not going to risk blowing up. But for the people who are, um, who are really uh, pushing the red line. Um, you know, I think uh, f- f- fluids are the way to go. Dilute fluids are better; they're e- they're easy, more easily absorbed, and um, 
so there's a there's a, a there's an electrolyte component that you need to have because the race is so long and so hot, and then there's a, you need some calories. And so I think the the best way to go to go about doing that is to get a steady steady supply throughout the race. And and everybody's messes around with um, lots of different products. Everybody has their favorites, um, but obviously. Um, you're probably going to have to, at some point, accept that you're going to use a little bit of the stuff that they have on the course as well. So when, when you are saying liquids, are you talking purely like an energy drink or are you talking sort of gels and liquids or some sort of combination. meal replacement type thing? More of a combination of gels and, and liquids. You know, for I think for most people, the best solution is to take two water bottles on their bike that has everything that they need mixed into those two bottles. Mm-hmm. So as far as their calories are concerned, they're not relying on the aid stations mm. for calories. Everything's either in those bottles or in their pockets. Mm. You know, you want to you don't want to be if if you if you miss an aid station or two or three or four, it's crowded out there. It's mm. very crowded. Um, or you know, you, you, you if you if you yeah, you want to you want to have you want to be responsible for your calories. Exactly. Um, and and your electrolytes too if you you know, there's no reason you you shouldn't have to rely on the aid stations for those. You can you can you can um, calculate what you need and put it in two bottles and just drip feed yourself uh, out of those two bottles uh, throughout the race, and then just supplement with um, whatever else you want that you can get from the aid stations along the way. Mm. Um, I think also uh, a lot of people uh, tend to to think that um, it's all to do with getting the right combination. Of fluids and electrolytes, and and I would say to those people, you know, you can digest almost anything if you go easy enough. Mm-hmm. If I said, well, have you ever had a problem digesting your turkey dinner at Thanksgiving? <laughs> you know, most people will say no. Yeah. I can eat. You know, yeah. I can eat enough. See what I eat. Yeah, <laughs> I can eat enough for four people at Thanksgiving. I digest it all. And it's like it's like, well, of course you can, because you're just sitting there. Yeah, you know, and so. As you go harder and harder and harder, it makes it harder to digest whatever you're taking in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's take it to the to the other extreme, the, the beer mile. Yeah. Right. You're, you're running as hard as you can, <laughs> and you're chugging down a substance that would make you puke anyway. You know, even if you weren't running. And so, you know, you want something in between there, don't you? You want you want you 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 want to go the pace that you can absorb your calories, and yet you want enough calories and enough electrolytes that are going to get you through a hard 9, 10, what, 13, 14-hour day. And so it's, it's still a lot of calories. You still have to absorb, uh, mm-hmm. digest a lot of calories in that race. And so um, to think that there is some miraculous potion that you're going to digest if you're hammering, mm. well, <laughs> it's, not, not it's not there. Uh, so what, just practice it? So that takes practice, but mostly it, it, it you have to you have to set some pacing guidelines. You know how mm-hmm. what's the hardest that you're going to go? Um, because once you get in into that area where you're 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 going a little too hard, and uh, the blood is going elsewhere mm-hmm. to cool you to the muscles, and it's not in the gut, then your digestion slows or stops, and it's very difficult to get to, to get it going again. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing though that that um, that people should know is that the body is resilient. If it does shut down, if you do throw up, you do a Natasha, you know, you can get going again. Yeah. You know, don't freak out about it. A lot of people have have been in the top three, four of that race 
Well, nearly all the time, um, having had big digestive issues and have recovered from it. You know, the, the solution is not to panic and get so depressed that you just say, oh, that's it, you know, my mm-hmm. race is over with. Yeah. You know, just keep going. You probably won't die. You know? <laughs> that's <laughs> you, encouraging. You slow down. Um, if you have to throw up, then you then you do. And, and do you encourage actually forcing the throw up? No, I don't think you want to, you want to do that. That's... that's um, in most cases, that's not the best thing to do. The best thing to do is just slow down. Yeah. And and once your stomach um, uh, starts to get enough blood, your whole intestines do, um, then it will usually start going again and start working again. Because that's a scenario I had when I was racing Wanaka, um, and I got to about 12k to go, and I was basically dry reaching, and I was wondering whether I should make myself throw up at 12k to go, <clears throat> just so I could settle down a bit and and carry on and actually try to get some food food in, but I did. Yeah, slow down, sort of settle down a bit. <laughs> enough. <laughs> enough to get to the finish. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, in, in, in an Ironman, dehydration is always going to be your worst enemy. Mm. And so if you have um, a situation where you're not absorbing your fluid, then you're going to get into big strife straight away. And so if it's a choice of, <clears throat> well, I've got something in my stomach, uh, it has some calories in it, I really would like it, mm. but it's not going in, and, and that's that. And it's been 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, and you're still sweating, you're still going, you know. Then, you know, in that case, maybe, you know, you're better off getting rid of it and starting starting fresh <clears throat> with something a bit more dilute. And so you, it can at least get a little bit of fluid in you. Try that next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, one of the other questions I had down here was just um, perhaps dealing with heart rate drift. It's obviously perhaps a bit more prevalent over there in the heat and and should people panic and, and you know if their heart rate is going up is that pretty normal and, and how much more should they let it go up in, in those hot situations or should they stick to their normal heart rate parameters i would say within the first hour of the ride you want to stick with your normal heart rate parameters that's that's um that's the real danger time i think to is, is if you make mistakes in the first hour uh they seem to impact your race later on more than mistakes made later on and so I'd say within the first hour, it's still relatively cool. You know, it's early in the day. It's not that hot. Mm-hmm. Your heart rate uh, drift is, you're, you're fresh, you're rested. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be very great. A few beats maybe. Um, after you've been out there a few hours and the temperature really starts to climb, you know, most of the people that I work with, I've, I've, I've given them about a 5 to 10 beat increase over the normal window um, to say that this is what you can expect just from the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that doesn't in your you know your lactate levels your your output your power output your pacing your carb consumption all that is probably going to be pretty similar even if your heart rate's a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Um, that's about all the questions I had. Or have you got any other perhaps uh, specific tips for Kona? Oh. Maybe for our Kiwi listeners? Yeah, even um, just for training the, the this far out. athletes. Um, well, there's there's a few things you can you can. Um, you can adapt to the heat uh, even if you're training in cold climates just by training a lot with with elevated core temperature, whether that be on the treadmill or on your trainer or just dressing uh, very, very warmly when you're training outside. And, you know, that is a, a big part of doing well in any hot race is, is acclimating. One of the changes that your body makes is to sweat a lot more dilute. Uh, and so uh, you don't lose so many electrolytes when you do sweat. Um and what else? Let's see. Uh, you need to get a little bit of color in your skin. Uh, you don't actually want to get a sunburn 
during the race. And the reason being is that when your skin is burning, um, then your body does send more fluid to the surface. It does increase your sweat rate to try and cool your skin. If you are tanned, you do seem to tolerate the heat a little bit better. You know, your, your sweat rate is just a little bit less. Um, your temperature is just a little bit less than if you're on fire out there. You like those sun beats. Well, <laughs> a little bit a little bit helps. Um, yeah. you know, uh, hey, come on, you look cool as well. So well, that's that's a, that's a, that's a, that's another issue. But <laughs> as far as performance goes, a little bit a little bit of sun um, on your skin before especially going, for someone who's very pale. Before yeah, before yeah. going over there is a good idea. And, and what's sort of your view once you're maybe over there and say you are coming from a cooler climate, um, air conditioning on or air conditioning off when you're in your... It's only, when you're, tra- it's only when you're training that it really makes a difference. Yeah. The rest of the time you should be comfortable. Yeah. Cool. cool. Any other questions you got there, Bevan? Um, no. no. So what, you're off to France... Uh, Tomorrow and then. Well, we have a, we have a, a lot of stops along the way. Oh, Dubai, nice. London. We, well, we go to France. We go to Paris for a few days, but then we go to Barcelona, oh, and nice. then back to France, and then um, follow a little bit of the tour at, nice. the, at the end of the holiday. Yeah. So how long are you away for altogether? I am away for nearly a month altogether. Oh, nice. Yeah, long trip, big trip. July, the wonderful July of Christ. You're gonna miss that. Are you doing that race in the tour? You know, what's the day where they have it? Uh, it's it's a, no, 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 no. It's no. pretty full on. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. No, no, this is more of the, Leisurely. the whining dining tour oh, okay. than a cycling tour, okay. I think. And then obviously later in the year you've got Epic Camp. Any other um, plans other than sort of preparing for Epic Camp New Zealand? Well, I had some a lot of other plans, but I'm getting a little bit of arthroscopy on my knee as soon as I get back uh, to take out a little thing called a plica, which most people don't know they have in the knee. I didn't know I had one, <laughs> um, but evidently mine's damaged, um, so i got to get that taken out. And so I canned all the other events I had planned. To, uh, oh, I, I was going to go to Monaco. Mm. Really looking forward to that. Um, but now I'll just be sitting on my butt um, in August and uh, maybe, hopefully, be back in action uh, in December. Good. And probably the one other question I've got is, um, obviously, Cam Brown's out with a bit of plantar fasciitis at the moment. What are your, I know you've had issues with that in the past, so any tips on, on how to, if, if people out there have, have, have similar issues, on how they can perhaps... Yeah, uh, yeah I have, there's a like, common thing in I sport, have, I have been in touch with him about that. Um, we've, we've exchanged a few, a few me- emails about that, because I had it for nearly three years. Mm. I, I, I was damn near suicidal uh, <laughs> for, for, one, Angry man. for one of those years. The problem with plantar fasciitis is, is that just standing on it, any walking will keep it irritated. Any pressure on your feet at all will keep it irritated. It's a very difficult thing to heal. Um, I'm obviously not the expert because I had it for three years, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, I, I threw everything at it, um, injections, you name it. Um, and I think, though, the, my best advice is that you, the way that you deal with that is to loosen up everything above the heel. Yeah. It's the calf and the Achilles um, that are tight. That if you can reduce the tension on those tendons in your feet, which is mostly coming from your calves and your Achilles, then you have a better chance of allowing it to heal. Um, so, why do you feel you're able to get rid of it? What, what eventually, after three years? I have no idea. It oh, just okay. decided that it was tired of being injured and <laughs> got, and, got a bit scared and, of you. And, and, it, and it went away. Yeah, I honestly, I. I, I can't pinpoint one thing that I did that was any different. Um, what about what about to avoid it if you start feeling it coming on? Is it like 
I suppose most people don't really know the feeling, but that arch feeling inside your feet, how do you avoid, you know, what is it? Do you stop straight away or is it about doing calves? You you have to start loosening up your calves. Massage, stretch, ultrasound, um, you name it. Yeah, I mean, there there are all kinds of uh, things, uh, special socks that you can wear, for instance. Yeah, Yeah, and I have one of those. I have the boot. I have everything. Compression socks and stuff. No, there's things that kick your toes out. Oh, yeah. It's a a therapeutic sock you sleep with that keeps your foot stretched overnight. Because that's part of the problem is that when you relax... As you sleep, your your foot uh, is a little bit plantar flexed and your tendon starts to heal, but it heals in a shortened position. Uh, So then you stretch it again. Even by taking a step, even Mm. by standing on it, you know, you you re-irritate it. So uh, he's he's in a difficult position. He's in a difficult situation. He's not a happy camper, I can tell oh, you that. Sure. Yeah. Not any predictions for Kona this year? Or do you like the look of anybody in particular? Well, I um, saw that Maka did a 754. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Um, and and, and uh, based on his past results in Kona and his desire to win it, I have to say he's probably one of the heavy favorites. I was really surprised that Ferris uh, seemed to race so poorly in Frankfurt. Mm. Um, you know, wasn't wasn't his normal self. So I don't know what that says. Maybe 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 he's also decided. Okay, I'll I'll just perhaps take the mid season race a little bit underprepared and put everything save my energy a little bit more toward Kona. Um, that seems to be a, a tendency that people have. Yeah, so much t- some of the- it seems to be the, the way now, isn't it? You know, really just pull back for the mid season and save stuff for Kona. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I don't know exactly how that came to be. A lot of it, uh, a lot of it, I think, comes from Mark Allen, yeah. uh, who has guided a lot of the top guys, yeah. um, which is very, very surprising to me because in '89, for example, the year that Mark, um, I think, had his best race—that was the year he, him and Dave had a good battle. You know, he was on fire that whole year. Unbelievably on fire that whole year. Um, you know, he was training here over the eighty-eight, uh, yeah, 80, 80, 80, 80, 89 winter. He was on fire in, in March. Yeah. You know, and 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 zooming in March, April. You know, went over to the Gold Coast in May. Had one of his best races ever um, uh, on the, in the Gold Coast race. Um, raced fantastic all year um, over various distances, and and you know, and so so I. I guess it's how people perceive it. You know, maybe he perceived that later on, in, in, as he got older, that he needed to um, to keep something in reserve. Yep. You know, as he got older, um, and so that's perhaps why he's oh. he's given people. That seems to be his his feeling, and he's guided a lot of champions. And so, you know, you have to you have to respect what he's saying. Yep. Um, but my feeling is that. Um, The fittest guy is probably going to win, and and you don't, you, you know. So if they see, if they say they're they're pulling back, that doesn't mean they're sitting on the on the yeah. couch, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's just a matter of degree. Uh, but I think um, the guys who are winning over there are um, are are still having an amazing spring build up, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. late winter, early spring build up. Um, you know, it's just. It's just, I think it's just a matter of perception. It's not so much a psychological perception of where you're spending your energy, much more than your physical training, how that's actually changing. Yeah. Oh, we look forward to that. 
Anyway, well, thank you very much for your time today. It <laughs> was a good wrap-up. John needs to go at three. That's why. It was a good wrap-up. Because I'm going to look forward to that. <laughs> I can find it to get to. But anyway, we'll um, look forward to hearing more from Scott later in the year when we uh, head down to Epic Camp New Zealand. If anybody's interested in Epic Camp, obviously go to epiccamp.com. We've got registrations open for New Zealand. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a good trip, and we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, come back, fight and fit. <laughs> oh, no. Gentleman's Long Bay's Ride, 9.30 Tuesday. <laughs> Only if it's not raining, eh? <laughs> hey, thanks, Scott. Right. We forgot a vital part of the show at the beginning of the show, didn't we, John? We did, and that is to thank our sponsors. Yeah. And but wait. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. We've but got wait. a new sponsor. We've got a new sponsor. We've got three sponsors, and we decided three's the number. We're never going to go more than that um, at one time, so we're just going to start off our new sponsor. Trybuys.com and uh, Trybuys are basically going to be an online store. Um, and they, I've, when I was in America, I met up with the guys in Orange County and went mm-hmm. and had lunch with them. They fed me, which I was happy about. And uh, they've got some really great innovations on the way to do shopping online. Um, mm. But they haven't actually started up yet, so we're kind of creating we some are hype, building the hype, we're building the hype, and but they're helping us doing that by giving away some amazing wheels. So. Bevan and I, as you probably all know, are pretty cheap asses, and we love <laughs> no denying and we love competitions. <laughs> we love and competitions. have got a competition running. So you go onto the site trybuys.com, and there's yep. a, um, a flash video will sort of come up in front of you, sort of Ooh, you know about flash. previewing, <laughs> yeah, impressed. previewing the things that are going to be happening at the store, yep. and then there's a sign up button down the bottom, so you can basically join up to their mailing list. Yep. And there's quite a big advantage in doing this because they've got a kick-ass set of Blackwell racing wheels. It's a disc and a, a deep rimmed wheel to give away it's worth um over two thousand dollars us yeah it's a seriously kick-ass set of wheels yeah. so regardless Black whether you're gonna Hillary. yeah regardless yeah. whether you even think you're gonna buy anything off these guys or not which we'd encourage you to do yeah. get on there and enter the competition uh, it's open to anybody anywhere in the world and the other thing you've got to make sure you when you do that is you, there's an option on how did you hear about us and you've got to click on iron man talk there so yeah, they know sense. that we're getting uh, lots of listeners heading in there but it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. Go to trybuys.com, click on the sign-up button, and go on there, put all your details in, and you go on the chance to win a set of awesome-looking wheels. And I must say, they've given us a bit of a link to have a bit of an inside view of what they're doing with their website. And uh, I, to be honest, I haven't seen anything as professional um, for a shopping website. Mm, you know, pretty like, comprehensive, Yeah, it's it? really comprehensive. And they're really focusing on the triathlete. Uh, you know, most of the websites that we have to go to are either cycling or running, and, mm. and they're really trying to be specialised as a triathlon website. And we're going to touch on that more as the website becomes live, but for now, really just get on there. These guys are doing some wicked stuff, and uh, bring it on. Mm. Bring it on. And obviously, Athlinks, which we've talked about already, what we really want you guys to do, if you haven't already done so, is really get on there, join up, start claiming your results. Well, I reckon we've had that contributed to the... Because when we started, it was about low 1600s, wasn't it? Yeah. So we're claiming it. 16,000. So (laughs) it's it's well up into 17,633 athletes have signed up now. It's all because of us. Because of us, and uh, like we said, the main thing we want you to do is go on there, join up, claim your results, and now you've got the added incentive of going on there and uploading your video yep. or any pictures or anything like that. But put up your video there promoting Iron Man Talk, and you go in the draw to win a set of Oakley Transitions sunglasses. Now, athletes is really cool, and John's giving me a bit of crap because I haven't uploaded one of my results. And what's all that about, John? Because I want Bevan to be my rival. Because <laughs> he beats me rival. on the rival front, and I said, I can't do it, because then all my rivals would beat me. <laughs> but again, we're going to make Bevan 
sign up to that so I can do it I'm not happy about it so I've done such such little racing over the last say four or five years there's not a lot I can't find any results up there yeah I, the other day it was actually quite funny I went on um, trying to find results that I've done and yeah. there's very very few and I went to the Phuket race oh really when well, you beat Peter uh, Reid yeah but I was going through all the results and um, I had like the last 10 years results yeah. and I raced I think it was 99 and everything was up there except the year I did it. They had all the results except for the elite men. And I was like spewing. And that's, actually, we've also had a little uh, inside rumour that Peter Reid might be racing Hawaii. Now, yeah. we interviewed him and he said he wasn't, but yeah, apparently there's a rumour going around that he isn't. And I think the reason is he's still so cut up from that Phuket you know what, mate? shellacking. I can't deny it. He's I, I, got to come back yeah, and, uh, and and win another Kona title to make himself well, but feel the, better. The only, my only worry about that is he does. He, maybe he thinks you're doing the race. That's true. And then maybe he won't do it. Maybe I can get a late entry. Yeah, maybe you can get in, yeah. I really am enjoying Athletes as a, um, a way of keeping in contact for you guys. It's really nice just to have the emails coming through and uh, to see what you guys are doing. That's what's really cool about it. Eh? Yeah. You can really see what your mates are doing. And uh, So sign up to Athletes. It's a great website. And lastly, our traditional and our favourite coffees in the world, Coffees of Hawaii. Coffees of Hawaii. And not only do Coffees of Hawaii sponsor Iron Man Talk and, and get involved with us, but they also scroll. Scroll. I'm scrolling while you talk. Um, they also sponsor the um, the Maui to Molokai canoe race. So um, oh, okay. Coffees of Hawaii are based in Molokai, and there's a race coming up in September. It's 26 miles, and it goes from uh, DT Fleming Beach Park Bugger to... There. Molokai, it's 26 miles. You've got to have a nine-man team, men's and women's crews, starts at 10 a.m. on the 26th. 26 miles of outrigging on one side. They must change yeah. size, mustn't they? Well, yeah, you'd probably just do two strokes each way. So it's cool that they're, they're sponsoring local things and uh, getting involved in the community. And um, we just that's what we like about the, the company Coffees of Why. They, uh, There's a few things we like about them. A, they're loyal to triathlon. They really do promote our sport, um, which we love. They support, they're good for the community. Great product. Mm. Um, really great product. Everyone who's tried it, all of our listeners who have actually sent away and got it, have just said that it's really great. And and they're really being innovative in the way they run their company. So mm. and they and they support us. I had some builders around the other day doing some work on my place. Did you pull out some coffees of wine. Pulled out some coffees of wine. Oh. They were loving it. You got a free job, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so half the price. <laughs> <laughs> so and so our sponsors are trybuys.com Ethlings.com and Coffees of Hawaii. Hawaii. Go into Coffees of Hawaii. If you haven't already done so, join up to the coffee club. And while you're there, order yourself some coffee. Nice. And also, if it's just one thing to support us, if you can't support those people, maybe just go into our show. And if you're going to, onto our website, if you're going to buy anything through Amazon, just go onto our website, click on there. We get a little bit of commission on that, and that'd be really great as well. Um, what else do we have to say? If you have any email questions, come to Talk gmail.com and uh, we, we didn't really do any questions and answers this week because we had the interview but we will back those up uh, maybe next week maybe next week and uh, John's kitchen website coachjohnnewsome.com mate you need to get Google Analytics I'm going to yeah. talk about this later oh mm. Google Analytics you can see where people are watching from yeah, yeah. we've seen all you guys coming from coming from our site straight to <laughs> I, I love porn.com <laughs> So just stop that. Stop just it. Stop it. One night in Paris. Let's not go there. Um, so, so um, yeah. And what else do we have? What do we normally talk about? That's about it. What are you up to? Your I, website. Firstly, congratulations on all the rote interviews. I think you did well. Oh, I, thank listen, you. I listened thank to you. the. Uh, I tried my best. 
and Nico Lanos won today, and, uh, and that was good. And I think, uh, by all accounts, people said that the Chris McCormick interview was one of the best ones. I've yeah, ever it was really cool on um, so, on Slow Twitch. They were saying, and I was kind of happy with that. So it's kind of nice to get that out. Good. Um, one other thing, actually, with the, the jerseys that were sent out uh, in all the packs, we generally included just a few of the little Iron Man Talk um, pr- promo cards. So if you could just dish those out to oh, did you do that? Just. I had to say big thanks to Belinda because she did all the work, didn't she? Legend. She is is a legend. Mm. You know? Mother and did that. Exactly. Poor cheapest creepers. And so what are you up to for the rest of the week, mate? Well, my training's getting back on track, which is nice. I'm generally doing one thing a day, so I'm really enjoying my training. It's the middle of winter, but I'm still uh, really enjoying it. And the rest of this week, uh, not a great deal. You're not going to the rugby on the weekend? I mean, why do they hold rugby at 7.30 at night in the middle of winter? There's yeah. not a lot of motivation to go there. Yeah. Uh, if it was maybe a 2 o'clock kick-off in the afternoon, but a, but a winter it's TV, sun, mate. Possibly. It's all about TV nowadays. Make more money from TV. Got my Sky Sport rolling, watching <laughs> Tour de France. Laptop goes on, wireless clicks kicks in. Have you been watching it? TV, yeah. So, so who won yesterday? It was uh, the... Uh... One of Tom Boonan's mates out sprinted. <laughs> he was supposed to be his lead-out man, and he beat oh. his lead-out man. But that was okay. Oh, Big crash. It. It's good stuff. Nice, and, uh, and that's it for the week. So that's it's all about sport. It's all about sport. Living the dream. Living, <laughs> living the dream. What am I up to for the what week? What are you up to? School holidays, mate. So school holidays, so I've committed myself to my daughter. Mm-hmm. We uh, got out a movie today, and we went, what did we do yesterday? The thing is, it's bloody winter here. I don't own a car, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that comes down. Hey, no, it's the environment, mate. I'm doing my bit for the environment. Did you not see the concert on the weekend? I ride a scooter. I'm doing my bit for the yeah, environment. So I, I don't own a car, which is generally not too much of a problem. School holidays, my poor little daughter, she, she's got, because honestly, at the moment, it's freezing in Christchurch at the moment, and I don't even need gloves for the poor kids so we have to ride everywhere and she's riding behind me and uh, trade me. get on to trade me get on to stuff. trade me so I've been spending some time with my daughter we watched a movie called uh, Dream Girls today mm-hmm. it was very good and then we're going to go to movies on Friday and got lots of lots of holiday stuff to do I like school nice. holidays good you'll, you'll find out about that good and, uh, and other than that that's, that's it. me for the week yeah. so anyway that's our show for this week uh, we'll catch you same time same place same bat channel same bat time next week okay so here we go <laughs> delay, like you wouldn't believe delay. it. Delay, there's a bit of delay. Iron rust. Yeah, iron does rust. <laughs> I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.